Hey, everybody. Thanks for subscribing to the Front Row Knowles podcast. Hope you're tuning in to listen on Real Talk Tallahassee 93.3 if you're in Tallahassee on a weekly basis, Wednesdays at noon. Also want to thank Seminole Boosters. Reminder, uh, if you're not already a member, jump on board to help make a great brand even greater. And don't forget, there are tickets available for Florida State's games this season. Just go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets to grab yours. That said, enjoy this week's Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones. Welcome to Front Row Knowles. KJ, good to catch up as always. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Tommy. How about this? Back-to-back great ball games in two different sports. The national championship game on Monday night, which I thought was very entertaining. And then FSU, though they trailed the bulk of the game, come back and beats Miami Tuesday evening, last evening, in the Tucker Center. So uh, back-to-back great ball games. I really thought that the catch by parchment and getting tackled at the one really enabled Florida State's Raquan uh, Evans to win that at the end. Didn't you think that was key? <laughs> I didn't, yes, you know, I was I doing, I was doing, I was doing the broadcast, Keith, and it didn't, the, the parallels with football didn't even occur to me, but uh, obviously Miami was leading pretty late in both those games and uh, certainly not more. Okay. It's always good to beat the Canes, but for this particular Leonard Hamilton team, to beat Louisville and Miami back-to-back, that's that's really big for this team. And I had not been aware of this because I just hadn't taken the time to look at it, but that was the eighth consecutive win over Miami in basketball, uh, which is is by far the lead for either team in terms of dominating the other. Uh, and uh, for a while there, uh, number eight was in doubt, but they pulled it out in the end. Big, big win uh, for Florida State. They go to Syracuse next on Saturday. All right, here's let me set the table for, for this show. we got a big show ahead. Uh, Director of Athletics Michael Alford will join us uh, next segment. He's been on the job less than two weeks, kind enough to carve out some time for us. Uh, we'll pick his brain about the future of FSU athletics. Then Patrick Burnham, who uh, his dad was the, the coach of a Hall of Famer in Marvin Jones, and Pat knows Marvin well. We'll get his thoughts on not just that, but also how FSU is doing in the transfer portal. And, as long as I teed up football there, Keith, you commented on the national championship game. General thoughts on, on what you saw on Monday night with Georgia prevailing over Alabama. I thought I had gone back in time about 30 or 40 years in that first half. What was it at halftime? Nine to six, a defensive right. struggle. Then they uh, opened it up offensively in the second. And uh, with Georgia with the pick six, you know, the, the score was closer to what would that be? 27, 26 to 18, whatever that would have been. Um, I was happy to see Georgia win it. Uh, I thought Alabama would win, uh, but I was happy to see Georgia pull it out. So we can no longer say it's been since 1980. Congratulations to the dogs. Alabama, I'm sure, will be back next year. Georgia Georgia will probably be pretty near the top, too, the way they've been recruiting. But Florida State has been recruiting well. They've been hitting out of the park in the transfer portal. We will uh, discuss that. And Michael Alford, I'm excited about the Alford uh, era, and he's, he'll join us next segment. Uh, he's got an interesting background. I think most of you know it now and that his whole family basically is D1 athletes. So our, our conversation with Director of Athletics Michael Alford is up next here on Front Row Knowles. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. 
Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. It's a new year, but some things don't change, like your best deal and your best service is still at Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. With 0% available on new and 1.9% available on used, it's a great way to start out the new year. And remember, you'll never get a better deal or be treated better than right here at Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. So whether it's sales or service, come by and see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Buy your new Chevrolet the Hobson way. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. Michael Alford joins us now. And uh, it's we, it's been a few weeks since we've chatted with Michael and he's, he's changed roles. So let me open up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. And we'll say hello to the newest director of athletics for Florida State, Michael Alford. How are you, sir? I'm doing excellent, Tom. How are you doing today? Good, good. I'm going to borrow from my partner here who, uh, before we got started, asked you where you keep the hat rack to keep multiple hats because you do have dual roles right now. So I know it's there's no shortage of things on your to-do list. Well, it's, it's just about communicating and uh, and I enjoy it so much. I'm, that's one thing about me, Tom and Keith, is I'm not going to leave my external uh, side. I'm continuously going to go out and share the vision with boosters, with donors, uh, try to increase our annual fund. Uh, constantly going to be talking about that, talking about facility projects coming, and really have that alignment and shared vision w- with the booster organization. And and I believe that's where in the future it's really going to pay dividends uh, that we have that close relationship and that we share the same vision of supporting our student athletes with the very best resources possible and our coaches uh, to have success. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to over the next few years to guide. Michael, part of you coming in, what, 18 months ago, was part of the continuation of that communication with the consolidation between boosters and the athletic department and and just being on the same page. Not to say that there were um, differences or discrepancies, but that communication needed to improve, and you've been a big part of making that happen, and and, uh, a lot of uh, Seminole Nation is aware of that and, and applaud you for that. Well, well, thank you, Keith. And I think the, the advantage I have is I haven't been an athletic director before. Uh, I haven't worked in professional sports. I haven't, haven't worked at some pretty prestigious universities uh, prior to Florida State. I have a different perspective, a different set of eyes that can come in and, and set standards the way how we should be doing things and really how we should be communicating. And also the advantage is an ITs, but I'm also very serious. I grew up the son of a coach and I go home to a head coach every day. And uh, she was, a, my wife, Laura, was a very successful division one head volleyball coach. And so it's, it's, I get, I understand what a student athlete goes through. I understand what a head coach, I understand what their families go through and to be able to relate to them and to call it speak the language but be able to just talk about what they're going through on a daily basis and then put 
processes and procedures in place and resources to help them navigate their day and have success. And, th- and that's something I look forward to every day. We're going to go bigger picture. We focus so much on on NIL and all these topics that are out there. But I know, and I've heard you say it, and, and this goes to what you just said, when, when it comes to student athletes, I mean, you're going to, you, you plan, you maybe you already do, but you're going to know every student athlete by name, by, by, yes. by face and name. I mean, and that's 450 or 500 of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I go back, Tom, and I know you and I talked a little bit off air on this, but uh, when I go back and looked at when I was a student athlete and I did not know my AD. Uh, couldn't tell. You. I, did, I knew later who, who who it was, but at the time when I was a student athlete, couldn't tell you who it was. Uh, didn't think about it at the time, though. Uh, but that's just something that always kind of shaped my philosophies and the, and the person I am is I want to know them. I want them to know my core values. So when I have discussions with them about what we're doing as a department about what we're trying to do to, to give them the resources to have success after graduation and to have success while they're here, they need to know what I'm talking about. They need to know what drives me every day, and they need to know that they have my support. Um, and I hate to say, I don't want to say it this way, but the only time that they get, is, let's say they have misfortune, get in trouble, that's not needs to be the first time they see me. <laughs> I was just called, I was just called to, to bring that up. <laughs> um, they they need to know what I'm about and and that I'm here to support them. And uh, walking down the hall, I'm gonna give them a high five because I can tell you, I, I'm an emotional guy. And watching them, I attend try to attend two to three practices a day, go through the weight room, see the athletes, see what they're going through, and then talk to them about what they want the best out of their career while they're here and when they're done and how do we put those uh, procedures in place for them to have success. So I'm going to hug them after a big shot and I'm going to hug them after a loss because I understand what they go through each day uh, to get to that opportunity to perform for our fans. You mentioned the weight room, Michael. I know one of the things, no, no great uh, insight here, but facilities, i.e. weight rooms, practice fields, don't Campbell. All those are front of mind as you begin your tenure here uh, at Florida State, correct? Yes, sir. It's something I'm paying uh, very close attention to. Uh, It's a daily grind on that. And uh, I go back, there is a certain, and I just had a meeting about one of our facilities this morning, Keith, so your timing couldn't be better. But And I I quickly said, look, there is a standard to how we're going to operate. And uh, your stand, my standard and your standard must be met. Our fan standard must be met. And it's for the fan experience and the student athlete experience and to represent Florida State University in the very best that we can represent it. So uh, we just had a meeting about it. Um, there, there is a standard the way I want things to look. I want, I want it to be first class and, because that just takes elbow grease and that takes attention to detail. And I'm a firm believer if you if you pay attention to the small details, the big things work out. And but we are looking at all of our facilities. We're we're looking at the grounds. We're looking at what we can do to enhance the experience for our fan base, and that's something that's going to be addressed pretty much yearly. Um, we if I had a magic wand and T Boone Pickens, I'd fix it all. Um, and, and one swoop, but uh, we are looking and putting a plan together and have already started that process of what can we address now to make a difference and what's long-term that we're going to put the plans for and start fundraising for to make a difference. What can you share with us in terms of short-term 
more specifics. I know the football only facility is a big topic. I know there's new video boards going up at soccer and softball. What's on the immediate horizon? And I don't know if you can attach time frames to any of that. Yeah, uh, swimming, putting a new new board up at swimming. It was desperately needed uh, as well. Um, I actually have a design firm, two design firms in here today. I had one meeting at 8 a.m. with one, another meeting this afternoon with another about talking to uh, Leonard and Sue about what can we do to enhance their recruiting path. Um, you walk through their facility, and I don't know when the last time you've been through the practice facility, but it, it, I think the timeline ends at 2011. I think we've had some success on the court since then. Um, and I talked to our coaches about recruiting paths. Now, how do we set ourselves apart um, from our peers, from our competition, when we're showcasing Florida State University? What does that look like? Um, so that's something I'm constantly looking at upgrading. And those are little things you can put in, whether it's graphics, whether it's paint. That's just the elbow grease. But while we're doing that and addressing short-term uh, facility needs, what is our big picture of what we're trying to get accomplished in, in the long term? And that's both those projects we're kind of working on right now. I mean, I, I just talked about a volleyball facility. You, you go through Tolly. And, I mean, what Chris Poole has done there, uh, a traditional top 25 program with probably one uh, facility that does not meet top 75 standards uh, is truly remarkable. But you, you just constantly look at what little thing can we improve to set a different standard for our student athletes. Michael, another ball that's up in the air that you're juggling is your personnel. The, the department staff has gone through some changes, some downsizing, some uh, budget cuts, uh, big budget cuts, as well as some salary. Tell us about what you're doing to uh, recapture that magic that's in the athletic department. Yeah, and I'm sitting down with every person. Uh, we're about to start that process because I'm a firm believer. They Just like the student athletes, they need to know what drives me, and I need to know what their goals are uh, for what they want to get out of their, their not only their job, but their personal goals and how do we put a plan in place to, to achieve what makes them happy day to day. But we are evaluating where we are, evaluating the org chart. Um, I, I will move quickly through that process. Uh, because it isn't about alignment. It's about responsibilities of, of what we, where can I put people to their strengths? I take a lot of pride in finding out what someone is really passionate about. And then let's put them in that passion. Um, because I know if, if you're passionate about something, you're going to excel. And so what are you passionate about? What can we do to give you job satisfaction and provide you um, where you're waking up every morning going, I can't wait to get to work. And, I'm, a, I'm big in culture and I'm big in walking around. I don't sit in my office very much and, and getting to know people and, and finding out what motivates them so we can put them in alignment within our organization so it just grows all of us. Michael, I want to talk about not so much the specifics of NIL, because I know a lot is still to be determined, but really the way college athletics, especially, especially college football, there's this – sort of this class of the haves and the have-nots. And, and Florida State historically uh, hasn't been at the very top of the list, but certainly hasn't been in the have-not and is, and is it not right now. But there seems to be a more pervasive fear that with NIL and, and, and institutions with more resources that maybe Florida State is going to have trouble keeping up. And that goes to facilities and coaches' salaries and, and NIL. I, I know that has to be a concern of yours, but I guess it's also an opportunity because the, the other side of that coin is that Florida State really has done so much 
without being at the levels of, say, an Alabama or a USC or some of the places you've been from, from a resource standpoint? Yeah, and, and Tom, that, that's a fair point. And But the way I look at our budget, uh, you know, we're sitting here, uh, about $104 million in the athletic department. I call it a $50 million budget in the boosters, and most of those organizations are combined. So we're really at about $154 million athletic budget is the way I look at it. And uh, so we're put, making sure that we're going to properly use those resources to make a difference. Uh, what can we do to enhance the game day experience? What can we do to enhance um, the facilities that we're constantly examining? And NIL is a big piece. And working with state legislation right now to, to say, what can we do to change the law a little bit uh, to get us up to our peers and even have some meetings because as Tom, I know, you know, not Keith, I'm not sure, but I chaired that uh, two or two different times um, NCAA and, and the, all the athletic directors in the whole country picked me and Mike Hill, uh, one of my counterparts to co-chair the NIO represent all the athletic directors and division one institutions to the NCAA and to Congress. And I'm actually at meeting uh, with a couple of congressmen next week about a new bill they're putting forth in front of um, uh, DC. So uh, it's still ongoing. Uh, I do believe that the market corrects itself. Don't believe everything you read about NIL. Uh, I know don't get on all the chat boards and, and believe that A&M just spent $30 million. That's, that's probably not correct uh, on that process. Uh, a lot of it's used for marketing. Uh, like when coach, uh, coach in the SEC came out and said his quarterback uh, already had seven figures, and it, that's that was not correct, but it helped for for uh, recruiting uh, about that. So don't believe everything you read. Um, we've had student athletes here. I'm, I'm a firm believer in the NIL. I'm a firm believer in giving students those rights. Um, just putting in the proper guardrails that protects them. And protects the organizations at the same time. It's that's where my benefit and experience from the NFL comes uh, of working ten years in the NFL and, and working for two organizations and and having very very similar negotiations with the NFLPA on what can be done and what can't, and being able to go and implement those guardrails. So uh, I don't see a big difference in that. There's going to be some tweaks because of the the collegiate environment. Um, but there, there will be some new things coming out and we'll solve this issue pretty soon. Because I haven't talked to a coach yet that wants it, uh, the way it's been ran. So it's just let's put in some guardrails and get it figured out. Talking about the way it's been ran, we had the national championship game uh, Monday night. Congratulations to the Bulldogs. Uh, we're going to expand. Uh, I know there was a, uh, some meetings that just transpired that at least if you read what was published, maybe they didn't make much progress. But what are your quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, Keith, those are ongoing discussions uh, about uh, what the future, and everybody's trying to predict the future uh, of not only of Division One sports. Um, and, and what you do is – I always go back to it, and the president and I talked about this. We need to take care of ourselves uh, and make sure that we're doing the things right here at Florida State University, that we're, we're giving the student-athlete experience, whether that's facilities or nutrition or educational experiences, that, that we're doing what's right for us, and the rest will take care of itself. And, and that's something we're really concentrating on right now is making sure that we're doing the right things here uh, so we can prepare ourselves for whatever opportunity comes in the future. 
Related to Keith's question and a final question as we finish up, the NCAA convention, it's the coaches' convention this week, NCAA convention next week. Anything meaty going to come out of that, do you think? Uh, there, there's always good meat that comes out, out, out of those uh, meetings uh, uh, to find out exactly where people are. are and there's a lot of uh, theories that, that come out of where we're heading out of those meetings when you get everybody together. I'll be at the NCAA convention. Um, I think it's next Wednesday I fly. Uh, we got a great, uh, it's going to be announced today, but uh, Ward Dunn's getting a very special award uh, from the NCAA. So I'm going up and, and be with him and, and congratulate him and represent this fine institution there. Uh, and then I'll be in Miami, Tom, uh, with hoops and going straight from Indy to Miami to, to watch our game in Miami and have see a lot of donors to share the vision while we're down there, uh, have some meetings on NIL while I'm down in Miami as well. So it's um, a lot going on here and uh, really looking forward to, to doing what we're going to do and we're going to do things the right way. So to, to say you hit the ground running is an understatement is, is what you're, <laughs> what you're characterizing. Hey, we appreciate it and best of luck to you. Always appreciate you being so accommodating, making time for us too. No, thank you guys. Thank you for all you do. The support, the information you give to our constituents, our fan base, our alumni, you guys do an excellent job of, of just really sharing what the what the Noel spirit and the unconquered spirit is all about. Uh, so thank you for keeping our fans informed. Florida State Director of Athletics, Michael Alford, and we'll have more right after this. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owners agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles, and we reopen that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. Our Osceola insider is Patrick Burnham, who joined us. Pat, how are you? Doing great, guys. Happy. I hope you guys' holidays were well and uh, ready for the new year. Well, whether we're ready or not, uh, it's here. We're already into the middle of the first month, right? Hey, uh, there's big news in the portal because Mike Norvell and company keep hitting it out of the park, it seems. But before we go there... Uh, speaking of, of big hitters, uh, Marvin Jones, I don't know why it took this long, but he finally has, has gotten the word that he's going to go into the college football hall of fame. Your, your dad, of course, was the linebacker coach, uh, when Marvin and Derek and, and Paul McGowan and, uh, pretty big list played, but, uh, what's your recollection of Marvin from, from your days around the program at that point? Well, you know, uh, 
not only was he an unbelievable uh, player in college, but he's also one of my buddies. So uh, obviously very happy for him. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of like you. Uh, I thought it was a much overdue um, award. I think it should have been a long time ago. Uh, you know, Florida State's had some great linebackers, Marvin Jones, Derrick Brooks, Paul McGowan, obviously award winners, and a, a lot of guys that uh, did not win awards that were very good football players. But, you know, Marvin was a guy that could uh, – take over a game by himself, although he played with a lot of really good football players, as we remember from those defenses in the early 90s. Uh, but certainly a guy that uh, sideline to sideline, uh, one of the fiercest competitors I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, I've got a picture behind me that you guys cannot see where he is planning Eric Rett on his back and Marvin is doing it from his knees. Just one of the most power he's coming up, he's launching himself from his knees. Just one of the most powerful uh, players I've ever seen play college football. Uh, I, we remember the hit against Miami, but uh, you know, it's a couple of stories that stick out to me were, uh, you know, the game at, when Duke came to town and I believe he knocked two quarterbacks out in that game by himself. So, uh, you know, that's to me, that's one of those games that stands out. I believe one of them got his jaw broke. Uh, I think they probably, I think Duke probably tried to get off the schedule at that point. But, uh, you know, that's probably uh, one of the memories that stands out to me was uh, that game. And, you know, he dominated so many. We know, like I said, we know about the uh, Miami hit. But, uh, you know, I, for my money, uh, I think he's the greatest college, middle linebacker that's ever played college football. He was also a little bit of a character, Patrick. He had uh, he did some things off the field that not 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 bad, but uh, he he was a character, was he not? Yeah, uh, you know I can remember uh, we were at the Cotton Bowl, and uh, you know uh, he had had a I think he had some fun one night, and uh, so I get a knock on my door about uh, you know uh, I guess probably whenever Dad got back from practice, and he goes, "Come with me." And uh, I guess I'd gotten in a little bit too late that time, too. <laughs> and uh, so he had got Marvin and I out on the indoor track in the uh, hotel facility and uh, ran us into the ground. In fact, he uh, lapped us both several times. And uh, uh, it was a great memory for me and Marvin. And we laugh about it. Uh, Marvin's kind of funny. He really doesn't like it when I talk about it. But I think we've uh, – I think you guys – I think we've talked about it before. But, yes, uh, Marvin uh, was a fun guy to be around. I have a lot of fun, uh, fond memories of us hanging out away from uh, that when it had nothing to do with football. And, you know, uh, we've stayed in touch over the course of the last 25 years and uh, was texting with him yesterday and he is very fired up. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm very excited for him. And as I think every FSU fan is. Just to just to belabor this Hall of Fame conversation a little bit longer. So th this this is going to bring the total. These will be Knowles that are in the College Hall: Bolitnikoff, Sellers, Ron Simmons, Dion, Charlie, uh, Derek Brooks, T. Buck, and then Coach Bowden and Coach Mudra. But here's the list. Okay, so the criteria to be in, you have to have been you have to be ten years removed from your last college game. Uh, you have to have played within the last fifty years. And you have to have been a consensus All-American while playing. And then your post-football record as a citizen is also weighed. So based on that, Pat, here's guys that were consensus All-Americans. And I'm stopping around the year 2000. I'm not counting the Jameis era here that are eligible right now. Uh, one of them goes back closer to Keith's playing days. But just listen to this list. I want to know who you guys would put in next here from FSU. 
Greg Allen, Jamie Dukes, Leroy Butler, Corey Sawyer, Clifton Abraham, Clay Shiver, Peter Bolware, Raynard Wilson, Sam Cowart, Andre Wadsworth, Sebastian Janikowski, Corey Simon, Peter Warwick, Jason Whitaker, Tay Cody, Snoop Menace, Chris Winkie, Jamal Reynolds, and Alex Barron. Go back to the start of that list. A couple of guys caught my name, caught my attention. Oh, you want me to read the, the start of the list? Yeah, no, just okay. the first three or four names. Yeah, Greg Allen, Jamie Dukes, Leroy Butler, and Corey, Corey Sawyer. I don't have McGowan on the list because I don't think he was a consensus All-American, Pat. No, he was not, but he was a hell of a football player. Yeah. You know, I think when you win an award like the Buckus or Lombardi or one of those, uh, you know, uh, I think that's, you know, says enough about your ability, whether you're a consensus All-American or not. But you're right, the criteria is what it is. And, of course, you know, listen, uh, you know, some of this is, uh, for me, is uh, kind of uh, – going back to the past and one of my first favorite players, even before my father started coaching at Florida state was Greg Allen. Uh, you know, uh, somebody I watched on television, I can still remember uh, when I think it was, might've been his last game against Florida at home uh, for whatever reason. We, I, we lived in Arizona and I still remember that game. And I think he had a very significant game. And I think that was one of the years he was, but I would say uh, Greg Allen and Jamie Dukes, two of my favorite Seminoles. If, you know, I mean, listen, and I don't think there's any doubt that all of them are worthy. Right. But, uh, you know, for those guys, uh, as long as they have waited, you know, you would like to see those guys go in. I guess my reaction to that, Tommy, is uh, we're going to have some conversations in the years to come because you could make the legitimate case that Florida State could have a player inducted every year or every other year for the next 20. Oh, you could. You could. And unfortunately, they're not all going to get in. And you know who's not on that list because he wasn't a consensus All-American? Warwick Dunn, how's how's his post football record as a citizen? By the way, if they're going to weigh that as a as a factor, uh, might be as good as anybody's that's played college football ever. <laughs> yeah, and he was pretty good in college football, as I recall too. All right, well, let's move it forward. Maybe this guy will be in the conversation twenty years from now when we're doing the old man edition, the older man edition of Front Row Knowles. But uh, Jared Verse commits to FSU last week, Pat, and this was the top defensive end transfer in the portal. And this goes back to my comment that Mike Norvell and company keep hitting it out of the park. There's no guarantee that he's going to be what Florida State had this year at DN. But, I mean, there's only one guy that's considered the top DN in the portal, and FSU got him. So that's a pretty good starting place. Well, you know, Coach Norvell has done a great job in the portal. And, you know, this was a position of need for Florida State. And listen, if you were to get some combination of Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas out of this guy, you've got a very good football player. He's got a lot of potential, uh, runs extremely well. You watch the Syracuse game, you see him chase that kid down. Uh, I don't I don't know if he actually made the tackle uh, on that play. I can't remember, but he, uh, you certainly see his ability to move. Uh, physical kid with a very high motor, better than average change of direction, and uh, you know can play out of a three or two point stance, which we've seen uh, Adam Fuller do with the defensive ends, whether it's Jane or Jermaine or Keir. Uh, and uh, you know he he's, has the potential to be very good at the point of attack, and a guy that uses his power rush more than his speed rush, but uh, certainly uh, you know a, a guy that FSU needed to drill down, and they did. Pat, uh, and again, not to slide any of the other kids, but the other position group that uh, they've made a haul in is obviously wide receiver. What, what are we up to now? Four in the, uh, that have come committed to the transfer portal? Yeah, you got uh, obviously the latest one was Winston Wright from West Virginia. You got Johnny Wilson and uh, Deuce Span and Micah Pittman. Now, you know, obviously 
Wright is the most experienced uh, and probably uh, the most proven playmaker out of that bunch, but uh, and a guy that you would have to think uh, based on looking at the roster and what he was able to do in the Big 12 that will come in and start immediately. Uh, you know, I, and you know, Mike's talked always talked about his offense being uh, an offense for playmakers, and uh, you know whether Winston comes in and plays slot outside receiver, uh, you know, lined up in a slot, and obviously uh, he'll be a huge factor in not only the run game from uh, jet sweeps and those type of things, but also in the return game. And then, of course, Johnny Wilson from Arizona State uh, looks like he's got three years left. Uh, big kid, six seven. Uh, 18 catches over the last two seasons. His size will be a mismatch with anybody he lines up against, whether it's in the slot or as an outside receiver, and he's lined up at both uh, positions. And now you're not going to confuse him with Wright or any of the other kids from a speed standpoint, but obviously a mismatch uh, in coverage uh, and obviously with a big body can, uh, you know, wall off the defenders with his uh in a zone coverage and then uh you know he's playing a lot of football for arizona state early in the year i believe he struggled with some injuries in the latter part of the year but uh going back and watching some of their early games he was highly involved and a very willing and aggressive blocker uh and of course uh keith as you know uh uh, rod receivers that block are not not what DBs uh, like to see, but he he will do it. And then of course you know Micah Pittman from Oregon. Uh, I think he had 38 catches for uh, 447 yards over the course of the last three years. Uh, he also is a punt returner. The thing that stood out to me watching him on film is he is very comfortable catching the ball between the hashes and in traffic, uh, adjusts the ball very well, gets upfield after the catch. Uh, maybe not as elusive as Winston as far as uh, just pure speed, but has very good uh, ability to plant and go. And, uh, you know, I think uh, – you know, he'll help right away as well. And then maybe the guy with the uh, biggest upside, uh, just because he's the least experienced of the group and has great athletic ability and size and speed, is Deuce Span from Illinois. I believe he's got three years left, if you don't count 2020. Um, very good athlete who was recruited by Illinois as a quarterback and, uh, you know, was moved to receiver and a guy that – offers you some versatility, uh, obviously, because he's such a good athlete. But, uh, you know, he had five catches this year, so there's really not a lot of film to evaluate him on. But I will say this, one of the things that you do see uh, in some of those catches are he caught him in coverage, tight coverage, and showed great concentration. So, uh, like I said, he's the least experienced but might have the most potential of any of the four. So uh, you add all those guys up along with some of the guys that are returning and you could put some uh, together, some personnel groupings with some of these guys that could give defenses fits. Pat, when I look at the last two years, I've really felt like Florida state's taken so many transfers because they have to, to get the roster back to where they want it. But as I've seen this portal unfold uh, in my mind, initially, I thought you'd go to, you know, if you're signing 25 guys, 22 of them are going to be high school kids every year. Now I kind of wonder if if it's if it's not always going to be more tra- not more transfer, but more like a an 18 to seven or a 20 to five breakdown. Because if you can get a kid like Jared Verse, typically the line of scrimmage your first year or two, you're going to be developing in the weight room anyway. 
I mean, you just cut out that two-year period and just get somebody that's already developed and more of a finished product. Do you think it it might settle in there more? Or do you think it's really going to be, if you got your roster where you want it, you're going back to the, the high percentages, all high school kids? You know, I think in an ideal world, you want to bring in kids to, you know, we talk a lot about fit and culture today. And, you know, obviously the the landscape of college football recruiting has changed with the NIL. But, you know, I think because Florida State it was is so young and then lacks depth at a certain number of positions, attacking the transfer portal was the wise thing to do. And, you know, I don't think you take a guy out of the portal just to take him, but, you know, it certainly seems that, uh, you know, from what they're doing from a scouting standpoint, they are winning these things more than they're losing uh, when they bring somebody in. So, uh, yes, I do. I, I, you know, and just for opportunities for high school kids, you would hate to see this thing go to a 50-50 split or something like that. But certainly I think that moving forward, uh, you know, you could see a any college, uh, you know, bring in the, up to 25% of their classes, uh, you know, transfer portal guys. And I think that you want to find a balance uh, where you're not having, you know, you're not bringing in a lot of one-off guys. Uh, and a lot of the, and most of these guys are not, you know, most of these guys have, two or three years of eligibility left. And I think that's, you know, I, I think that's crucial now, you know, we brought in a couple of, uh, you know, Thomas and uh, Johnson were both one-offs and, you know, boy, did they pay off, but, you know, I think there's a balance to be found there, but yes, the, as long as the portal stays the way it is, uh, you know, if you've got a guy that can be a program, a changer uh, and uh, make your team stronger, you certainly have to move in that direction. Talking with Pat Burnham from the Osceolo as we wrap things up, Pat, any uh, any thoughts on hearing Tony uh, Tokars, who met the media, his his comments to the media earlier this week, the newest member of Florida State's coaching staff? Yeah, well, listen, uh, you know, uh, I you have to have a lot of respect for Tony, and I think it says a lot about what he believes about Mike Norvell. Not many coaches would volunteer to come off the field, particularly when they're at a FBS job, right? I mean, if you're a FCS coach and you got a chance to move up as an analyst to an FBS program, uh, you know, you might take that chance to get the, the uh, a big job. But uh, certainly you don't see that very often. Uh, I think that it speaks volumes to what how he feels about Mike Norvell. And I think if you're a Florida State fan, that's got to make you excited uh, about, you know, the future of the program and uh you know he was a successful quarterback himself uh played uh, i think he was a division three all-american or all-conference player and of course so he'll you know he's got that experience as a player to add in, into his coaching ability but certainly uh, you know his faith in coach norvell paid off spent two years off the field which had to be difficult at times i'm sure uh and says a lot about him and a lot about where he thinks this program can go Pat, we appreciate it as always, sir. Have a great day. Oh, by the way, we forgot to mention Tatum Bethune, the linebacker. He's going to be a good player for Florida State, too. Guys, I appreciate y'all having me. We didn't do that service at all yet. Tatum's that's another starter that they recruited out of the portal. Pat Burnham from the Osceola. We'll take a break and come back and wrap things up. Stay with us. It's a new year, but some things don't change, like your best deal and your best service is still at Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. You always know you'll get a great deal, but did you also know that we have one of the best service and parts departments in North Florida and South Georgia with our highly trained GM certified technicians and 18 service bays to better serve you. We'll get you in and out quick and do the job right. So whether it's sales or service, come by and see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Buy your new Chevrolet the Hobson way. Getting the kids to practice on time 
Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owners agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Tom Block, Keith Jones. Good show. Good to hear from Michael Alford and from Patrick Byrne. And what, what stuck out from those two conversations, Keith? Well, first of all, Alford already feels like he's been at Florida State for 25 years. Uh, I know it's been less than two, uh, but he came in, as our listeners know, and as we talked about, as the uh, head of the boosters and then moved over and now vice president and athletics director. Um, He he just seems like it's a perfect fit, Tommy. Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than a gut feeling. And, uh, and then the other takeaway in our conversation with Pat is simply how hard and effective uh, Coach Norvell and his staff have been in, in the transfer portal. I still don't like it. I still don't, I think it needs to be tweaked. I think some things need to change. But they certainly have found ways to make it work, at least so far, for FSU. And uh, I applaud them for it. No, they've, they've hit home runs again. And, I mean, I think they've probably found six or seven starters so far in the portal. We'll see. The, the biggest thing they've done, and, and you, uh, they put such an emphasis on getting these guys in school this semester, which means they'll participate in spring. And I don't just mean the transfers, Keith, but getting 10 or 11 or 12 freshmen in for the spring, that's huge because you really know what you have. And, and candidly, especially in the receiver room, Florida State's going to lose some guys that have been on the roster. I mean, when you go out and get four guys, uh, you, they may stick around through spring, but it'll be pretty clear where they are in the pecking order, and there'll be some other spots freed up by the time we get uh, till, to May 1. How about this for a strange statistic? I think I read this correctly, but so far to date, Alabama, a day and a half removed from the national championship game, has seven kids in the portal. Well, and some of that is guys that want more playing time, but you know how those conversations go. The uh, the coach can't run you off, but he can make it very clear that if you want to be between the white lines at any point and actual meaningful, get meaningful playing time, you might be best served going somewhere else, you know? So some of those conversations are happening too. When they, when you're in a meeting and they immediately hand you the instructions on how to operate within the portal, I think that's a pretty clear indication. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey Keith, we didn't move any closer to, to a playoff and the ACC commissioner's getting beat up pretty good on this because it appears the ACC is one of the big holdouts on it. But I'm going to be honest, and I want an expanded playoff. What, what card does the ACC have? The, the reason they're against it, it's, it's the best card they have to play to try and force Notre Dame into the conference, which is the best way they could generate more revenue. So I get why they're doing it. I don't think it's going to work, but I, I can't say I really fault Jim Phillips for trying no, and the secondary reason much further down that I've been led to believe uh, is, is a stumbling block is the concept of guaranteed uh, entries for conference champions. Uh, based on some of the things that I've read, and I'm not suggesting that the ACC has a position one way or the other, I wasn't in the meeting, 
but there is a concern about automatic qualifiers. And so you put uh, you put that in there as well. Uh, and I agree with you. I think uh, I think this is maybe the best chance for the ACC to hold uh, firm to get Notre Dame in, because then, you know, if you have that guarantee, then uh, Notre Dame just has to win the conference to make sure they get in. And then they can be a wild card all the rest of the time. It'll be interesting. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I think Michael played it very close to the vest. I think he has a, a much firmer opinion, he might say, uh, quietly, uh, talking about Michael Alford, than he shared with us uh, a little earlier today. But uh, it's going to be interesting. That's all I can say. Yeah, and if they don't work it out, we live with it the way it is for the next four years. But then you don't need uh... – you don't need it to be unanimous. You just need a majority at that point. They'll get something new sorted out. Keith, we're out of time. Good show as always. I always enjoy catching up. Hoops on the road at Syracuse this weekend. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles.